Good evening. It's good to see everybody. We can stand in awe of God. What an amazing, I love singing that song. And the way the music is written, it does make you feel, you can feel the awe of God, I feel like, by the end of that song. Uh, but it's, it's a great day. And the weather has been beautiful. Our weather was not this nice for our Easter egg hunt yesterday, unfortunately. But we got to come inside, so if you found any eggs in your pews today, maybe I hit them a little too well, or Nathan, maybe Nathan hit them a little too well. Uh, but we had our Easter egg hunt inside, and we had a great crowd, and we had a great time. And we talked about uh, why Easter is so special to us. Uh, Easter is a very special day. Uh, since I've been in Winchester, Allison and I, I think, have gone to Joseph and Lauren's house every year for Easter, and uh, Easter lunch for us is very special, and it's kind of, we get together as a team, and we just are thankful for what we get to do here in Winchester. We're thankful for you, and uh, it's just an honor to get to work here and uh, get to be part of this church family, and I want you to think about, what do you hope for? What do you hope for? What are the things that you hope for? in your family, in your personal life. Uh, Now, I want to define the word hope. The word hope, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So think about that definition. What are some things that bring you a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen? What are some things that you are anticipating happening in your life? And so I want you to take just a moment and either think to yourself about it or talk to someone next to you about what are some things in your life that you hope for. Go ahead, talk about that for a second. All right, so let me just hear from you for a second. What are some things that you are hoping for? To stay on your feet as long as you can. (laughs) Okay, good one. What was that? Good health. Okay, you hope to have good health. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. Hope that your cancer's gone and doesn't come back. To wake up in heaven. Wow. Anybody else? Eternal life for our church family to continue to grow. As Christians, we are filled with hope. And I love hearing those things that you hope for. And as Christians, we have a special kind of hope. A special kind of hope that we talk about every week, hopefully. But not just every week, but every day, we talk about the hope that we have to be with God. I hope that that is something that fills your heart when you wake up in the morning to be with Him one day. Uh, and, and not just one day, but that you are with Him each day. And that He and you have a relationship with each other. That you are able to walk through life knowing that He's there. Christians have a very special kind of hope. And we emphasize it on this day each year on, on Easter Sunday when we talk about the resurrection. Because the resurrection gives us a special kind of hope that we can't get anywhere else. And, and people outside of the faith, they don't have the kind of hope that we receive from the resurrection. And I want you to look at Psalm 23. 
This is one of the passages from our Bible reading plan. And, and I was thinking about this passage and how it talks about our hope. And there's a reason that this passage is read often in a time of trouble or in a time that you're discouraged or in a time that you've lost someone that you love. You hear it often at, at funerals. But look at Psalm chapter 23. And, and I know it was already read, but I want to read it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the middle of the psalm, when you read about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and then it closes, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you hear hope in that? When you hear that psalm, do you hear hope? Because, you know, I think I'm afraid that when we've so often read this psalm in times of difficulty or, at, at, like I said, at funerals, that a lot of times when we read this psalm, we think about those times we've heard it read, right? Instead of, thinking about what it actually says. But do you hear hope in Psalm 23? When you look at the end and you read, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, hope is different for Christians. When you think about hope from a worldly perspective, it centers around the things that you hope to obtain, the stuff that you hope to accumulate the success that you hope to have over the course of your life, the accolades that you want to receive before life is over. But for Christians, hope is different. It's different because for Christians, hope doesn't end in this life. When we think about hope, we don't think about a hope that is ending. We don't think about a clock that is ticking and we only have a certain amount of time to get the things done that we want to get done. As Christians, when we think about hope, we should think beyond this life. Because it extends beyond what we know and what we understand. And when Psalm 23 ends by saying, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, the psalmist admits that there is something beyond the valley of the shadow of death. Now when the psalmist writes that, the valley of the shadow of death, that sounds scary. But when he ends that psalm, we are infused with hope of something that is beyond the valley of the shadow of death. Knowing that the valley of shadow of death is not the end. And when we think about our hope, it all points back to a single time in history. The resurrection. It all points back to the resurrection. And I think about the time that elapsed between Jesus' death 
and the resurrection. I want you to turn now to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you're ever wanting to study the resurrection, what the resurrection means to us as Christians, open your Bible to 1 Corinthians 15 and study. And you'll read about our hope. But when I read 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 through 14, let's read that together. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, and then not even Christ has been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, listen to this, then our preaching is in vain, and our faith is in vain. So Paul reminds these people that if the resurrection never happened, if Christ had never raised from the dead, then their preaching is in vain, and not only that, it goes a step further, their faith is in vain. And imagine the apostles... The people with Jesus, the time after the resurrection, from the time of His crucifixion to the time that He raised from the dead, imagine the anxiety that was building. Knowing that if in three days He doesn't come out of that tomb, that everything we've built our life on is gone. Imagine. You can imagine them standing there just thinking, if He doesn't come out of that tomb, My life, my faith, it's nothing. And just imagine the anxiety, the worry that they must have felt waiting and watching on that tomb to open up. And and to make it even more difficult, you know, it's something they've never seen happen before. You know, imagine if your whole hope was built on someone that you love coming back to life yet you've never seen it happen. It'd be difficult to know what to expect or when to expect it. Everything in, those, in that time between the crucifixion and the resurrection, everything they built their life on was on the line. Every bit of it. Tonight we're going to look at the song In Christ Alone. And I want to look at the first verse to get started. The first verse of In Christ Alone, the song starts out like this. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace when fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Do you depend on Jesus the way the apostles did? Where's your hope at? When you think about the fact that their whole life was on the line if Jesus didn't come out of the tomb, do you feel that? Do you feel that your whole life would be different if the resurrection didn't happen? Do you live that way? Because the resurrection changes everything. And the resurrection affects you, it affects me, just the same way it affected the apostles. If Jesus didn't come out of that tomb, our faith is nothing. 
Our faith, our preaching is in vain. Do you live that way? The apostles placed every ounce of their hope in Christ, in His resurrection. My fear that, it, that is that our hope is spread out in too many different places. That we've kind of placed our hope all over the place. We've placed a little bit of our hope over here in our jobs. We've placed a little bit of our hope in our relationships. We've placed a little bit of our hope in our bank account. We've placed a little bit of our hope in the accomplishments that we hope to get. And we spend too much time building up these earthly things that our hope in Christ shrinks. And when you take a step back and you look at where your hope's at, in all honesty, our hope is in ourselves. Not in Christ. But when we read the words of this song, in Christ alone, my hope is found. And with the apostles, we can see that, we can read that, we can feel that in the way they anticipated the resurrection. And Christ, He defeated death. Christ took on flesh so that we wouldn't have to place our hope in things on this earth. That is why Christ defeated it. So that we wouldn't have to place our hope in things that aren't eternal. Look at Acts chapter 2. I want you to go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. When Peter spoke to the people on Pentecost, he stood before them and he says this, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Aren't we thankful it didn't end there? Verse 24. God raised Him up, loosing the pains, pangs of death because it was not possible for Him to be held by it. There are a couple of things in these couple of verses that show up in the second verse of In Christ Alone. I want to read it to you. In Christ alone who took on flesh... Fullness of God and helpless babe. This gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones He came to save. Till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on Him was laid. Here in the death of Christ, I live. First of all, Christ took on death. It says in that first part, he took on flesh. You think of the greatest sports teams in history. And, and just, you know, I'm not going to name any. You just think of the ones who you think are the greatest. And you think of the ones who have gone undefeated. Those are a lot of times the teams that come to your mind. The teams that have been unable to be beaten. And they went through a whole season and, and nobody, maybe they didn't even come close to being beaten. You think about death. Death surpasses all of those records that you can possibly think of. Before Jesus, death was undefeated. Christ chose to take on flesh and become a human being. 
to take on something that was undefeated, something that had never been beaten. Death. This was done not to satisfy some need that God had, or just to win, just to be victorious, but to give Christians something more to look forward to. This was a gift, not just to us, but to all people across the globe. Yet, verse 23 Peter challenges those who were listening by saying, you killed Him. You know, God sent Christ. He took on flesh. You killed Him. You killed Him. The second verse of In Christ Alone reminds us that through the death of Christ, we live. Because Christ defeated an undefeated enemy. Pretty cool. Let's look at the third verse. There in the ground, his body lay. Light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his, and he is mine bought with the precious blood of Christ. How do you share good news? Talk to me. When you have some good news, how do you share it? Call somebody on the phone. Pick the phone up and call them. I see some doing like this. How else? How do you share good news? Texting? Okay. Maybe you shoot it in a text to somebody. Anybody else? How do you share good news? What was that? Excitedly. Yeah, you don't say, hey, you know, got a new car. Maybe you do. Maybe you didn't want to get a new car. No, you say it with excitement. I got a new car. Can you believe it? A free one. All right, how else do you share good news? Okay, you got to tell everybody. So if you're walking through Kroger or Walmart and you see somebody you know, hey, guess what? You share your good news. Maybe you share it on social media. Anybody share it on social media? Maybe Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, I don't know what else. There's a bunch of them. Maybe you share your good news on social media. You know, good news travels fast, doesn't it? And if good news gets out, and if you didn't want it on social media, don't tell somebody who wants it on social media because they may go ahead and share your good news, right? You see that happen sometimes. And, And I think about this good news. And, you know, we talked about this this morning with the with the youth group about sharing good news and how quickly good news spreads and what the resurrection would have been like in today's world. You know, you think about if the apostles had found out that Jesus had raised from the dead whipping out their phones and texting somebody or or whipping out their phones and putting it on social media. You think about how quickly and how excitedly this news would have been spread. We typically want to shout good news from the rooftops. 
Now, I think about me and Allison, of course, we've, we've got a lot of hope and anticipation right now in our life, waiting on our firstborn to be born here in just a couple of weeks. His due date, May 19th, less than a month away. Sorry, I hope I'm not causing any anxiety over there. But we're anticipating this and we're excited. And when we found out we were expecting, we wanted to go and shout it from the rooftops. And we found out ourselves when Allison was only about four weeks pregnant and we didn't tell the church until she was 17 weeks pregnant. And that felt like a long wait. Just wanting to tell everybody. And every time you saw somebody you knew, like you said, you want to just share it. You want to tell the good news. And, and I think about the good news that these people were feeling. You know, if the resurrection didn't happen, everything they built their life on was gone. So imagine what they wanted to do when it did happen. Imagine the excitement that they felt. I want you to look at Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We looked at this this morning in our Bible class. And as I was thinking about this song and, and this, how we share good news, Luke chapter 24, verses 8 and 9. When the women had gone over to the tomb and they found that Jesus wasn't there, look at verse 8 and 9, and they remembered His words. They remembered Him telling them that He was going to raise. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. The women who first found Jesus' tomb was empty. They ran immediately to the eleven. They wanted them to know that, that what had happened was, was real. That Jesus had raised from the dead. That their faith was not in vain. That their faith was real. That their faith was was coming to life again. You can imagine the anxiety that they felt, but yet the excitement that they felt knowing that it happened. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. You imagine that darkness that they felt in those days after the crucifixion being turned into light. Now the last verse of in Christ alone, it reminds us how the resurrection can affect us. Because the resurrection affected those people in a big way. Changed their life as it should change ours. And this last verse of in Christ alone, it kind of changes tunes in the fact that it starts to talk about how we can live through the resurrection. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from His hand till He returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. Think about it. Think about those words. This song affects me now in a different way than it ever has. Because I'm anticipating that first cry. Life's first cry. I'm going to try not to get emotional with you, because as I was even just thinking about it, it, it was making me feel the emotions. But in just a few weeks, I'm going to hear my child's first cry. And when I do, I'm going to think about this song. Because, because of the resurrection, 
when I hear Reed's first cry, I can know that my Savior died for him. And that no matter what he faces in life, that his hope goes beyond this life. And I want him to know that from the very first day of his life. And I hope that you have known that from the very first day of your life. Because of the resurrection, my son has hope. And because of the resurrection, we have hope. John wrote in John 14, 1-3, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. For those who are walking with Christ, your destiny is stamped. If you're walking with Christ, your destiny has already been, been created. Christ has prepared that place. We can debate all day on what that place will look like, what that place will be like, what that experience will be like being in heaven, but none of it matters because what matters is that we will be with Christ. Because of His resurrection, we have that hope to be with Him. And without the resurrection, that doesn't exist. And with a relationship with Christ, if you're walking in a relationship with Christ, nothing can pluck you out of His hand. Nothing can. Because He died for you, and He raised from the dead for you. Now I want to sing this song, In Christ Alone. Not as an invitation song. I want us to sing this together before Joseph comes up and, and has our invitation song. And so let's, let's sing it, and as we do, I want you to be thinking about the words Think about what the song says and how it, it affects us. I want you to think about your hope and where your hope is at. Is your hope in Christ and in the resurrection? Or have you kind of lost track of where you've placed your hope all, all over the place? What's great about being a Christian is that we have that hope. And that till He returns or calls us home, we can stand in that hope. We can stand in Christ alone. Are you in Christ? Have you been baptized and, and become one with the blood of, of Christ? And become one with Him so that you can take part in His resurrection in the end? And if you have, have you fallen away from Him? Have you allowed your, your life to be placed in other areas? And your hope is in other places. And if that's the case, you can come home to Him. You can place your hope back into Christ. And tonight, if you have a need, why don't you do that while we stand and sing?